0: News from the left and from, the right, from the guy a bit off center, and slightly out of his mind. It's the Shaggy Jenkins Show on the Pacifica Radio Network. It's the Shaggy Jenkins Show. Welcome to it. doll oh boy, do we have a lot to cover today. We'll talk a little bit about how Trump is putting pressure on women. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what it sounds like. Uh, how is the president's workday broken down? Conspiracy theories, death, destruction... And denial. Before we get to all of that, welcome to my humble little show. My name is Shaggy Jenkins, critical thinker, problem solver, guy just left of normal, insane, and always centered in common sense. You can find me on my website, shaggyjenkins.com, or wherever fine social media is served. Just go to at Shaggy Live. Joining me from the beautiful place known as Racine, Wisconsin, and I have that on good authority because I've never been there, so I can make up whatever I want. Please welcome Midwest Correspondent, Ron Pertink. Ah, the lies we tell ourselves to get through another day. You know, there's a lot of lies that we have to get through lately, Ron, including one of them. We're still living in a free country. We are? Yeah, I know. Hey, let's get into a little bit of that because, look, diving into our news stories today, Ron, I want to ask you because yesterday I did this whole kind of... uh, rundown of what it means when the White House denies the news cycle and what all of this scapegoating and media-like blaming is all about. Well, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, you know her, right? Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Yeah. Well, Sarah Hucka Sanders said basically when it came to the president making comments about all of this stuff that uh, like the bombings and things like that, what it really boils down to is that this president is tough and he's going to continue to fight. Ron, what do you make of that? I am waiting
1: for him to take complete credit for catching uh, the mad bomber. Um, like single-handedly, like, I was there, I saw him, I caught him with my bare, tiny little hands, um, when we all know that it was Batman and the Grey Ghost that caught him.
0: <laughs> this is the thing, though. I mean, you know, <clears throat> comical uh, levels aside of how crazy this has gotten, it does seem that when it comes to Donald Trump and his responsibility for anything bad— There is never any connection. But, oh, God forbid, if there's something good, well, he's all over that. Why is it? Well, actually, I know why, but I'm going to ask you. Well, Ron, why do you think it is that they have this abject denial of reality with Trump? The man's ego is out of control, plain
1: and simple. And, I mean, I remember watching uh, John Oliver, and he was talking about how they had— uh, they have to put Trump's name – it has to appear um, every uh, – I think every other line in a report
0: just to so help pay attention. I wish. I wish that somebody could actually send us one of those reports because I'd, I'd like to see how you're supposed to get any intelligence out of that kind of method. you That's the whole thing. is The man – the man, uh, man doesn't – you know – Do you remember
1: uh, hearing the audio of him saying, oh, uh, I miss my old life. Uh, I I never really had to do much. You know, this is a lot of hard work, blah, blah, blah. I guarantee you this man doesn't do anything but sit around, have other people do things for him. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, deep down Mike
0: Pence is running the country. Well, okay, we're going to talk about the president and his hard-working schedule in just a sec. But when it comes to how Sarah Huckabee Sanders and others around Donald Trump defend him, there seems to be, at least in my summation, a complete kind of whatever the president says, we need to do our best to make into reality after the fact. And if the president says something is true... Despite any evidence against that statement, we have to back the president. Would you say that's an accurate assessment? That is 100 percent accurate. They, can ha- they have to continue to perpetuate
1: the lie that he puts forward because it coincides with what the GOP wants right now. And the, what the GOP wants is to have all these gubernatorial races where you've got – and I'm, I'm going through one right now here in, in Wisconsin – with Scooter Walker, how they say, oh, well, we're fighting for pre-existing conditions. No, no, you're not. In fact, you're suing the U.S. government to get rid of pre-existing conditions.
0: Oh, so you're one of those states that's going up against the uh, ACA in the lawsuit route, huh? Yeah, it's so much fun. But we
1: do have – here's the here's the kicker, though – um, we have the one race that is probably going to be looked at by the entire uh, country, uh, and that's for the for Paul Ryan's seat.
0: What are people saying uh, about Paul Ryan's seat right now? I mean, they're not saying much of
1: anything about Paul Ryan. Um, it's to a point now. Okay, I, 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 we're we're uh, uh, pretty uh, transparent here on the Shaggy Jenkins Show. So I've been spending a lot of time in a rehab with my mother because she she's been ill. And she watches ABC, and the amount of attack ads from both sides is just sickening. I've never wanted an election to be over more in my life.
0: You know, that does kind of bring up something interesting. Have you seen the sheer amount of attack ads that are anti-democratic but not really specific GOP anything?
1: Yeah, they don't put forward what their plans are they just bring down the other guy and hope that you
0: follow suit. Well, that seems to be one of the big chief strategies of Republicans. And when it comes to ri- Wisconsin's race, they're doing the opposite. They're kind of embracing the whole Trumpism as part of their ticket, aren't they?
1: They kind of well, that's the thing. Is is Scott Walker is how do I put? It? He's he he'll do anything to to kiss the 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 rear end of the president. Now, here's here's something else. There's I think it's a, a I forget how much money it is, but there's an amount of money that the government wants to give the state um, of Wisconsin. And what they want to you know, what we can do with that, that mo- there's enough money to to finish uh, a, a lot of infrastructure work that needs done Okay. Uh, here in here in, in southeastern
0: Wisconsin. And and Scooter doesn't want to take it. OK, why? What, what is the reasons for not taking the money?
1: I don't know exactly know what his reasons for not taking it are, but I think it's just like, I mean, Tony Evers or Evers, I don't know how to say his name uh, exactly, despite hearing his, his uh, uh, name on every single ad all day during The View and GMA Day and all this other TV poop. <laughs> um, he wants to take the money. Take it. I mean, why would you not take it and fix the infrastructure? Uh, Wisconsin is, I think, um, we are d- down near the bottom, uh, of, uh, uh, where it comes when it comes to roads. Yeah. Like we have like the, some of the worst roads in the entire country Ooh. and yeah. And, and Scooter doesn't want to take the money to fix the infrastructure.
0: <laughs> I mean, I understand because look, the thing is, is that he's, he's trying to, it almost seems, get ready to parlay to a bigger office, so whatever waves that he can make now, he wants to make them. But, in the end of the day, that could end up actually costing him a lot of support. Cost him an election. Yeah. Well, look, as long as we're talking about elections, that seems to be what all this blanket denial from the White House is really about. When Sarah Huckabee Sanders comes out on Monday and says, well, the president will absolutely continue to attack people that attack him, even though we know for a fact that those attacks are actually leading to an escalation of violence, it it seems a little, how do I say this? It seems like the White House is being a little tone deaf, from what the country needs versus what Trump wants. Well, and that's the thing is, I mean, you have
1: to be completely blind and have half your brain removed to not realize uh, that he may not have come out and said to do things like this, but the man has made this normal, you know? Uh, And if you notice there, his, uh, you know, say the whatever, I don't remember Cesar's last name, uh, but I guess we shouldn't say him because then he'll be like. And will be he'll be like Voldemort. Oh, God. But, no. um, yeah. If you look at his van or whatever that was, it was nothing but, um, you know, uh, uh, Trump this, Trump that. All the GOP are amazing. And he only sent it to people who were anti-Trump. I mean, he sent a bomb to Robert De Niro. Do you realize what's going to happen to this guy in jail now? Has he not seen Goodfellas?
0: Yeah, right. I mean, do you know how many people there are fans of Goodfellas in jail right now? But this is the thing, look, Ron, I I just want to go through this list because, look, Donald Trump, even though that people like Maxine Waters was attacked, he still talks negatively about them. People like CNN and Jim Acosta and, and former director John Brennan, who isn't even a part of the news cycle anymore. Donald Trump, after bombs were sent to their offices, actually still went on the attack against them. So it seems to me when Sarah Huckabee Sanders comes out, like, well, the president really has no connection with these individuals, it, it, it seems like she's ignoring the basic principles of cause and effect, huh? Oh, she definitely
1: is. I mean, she has drank the Kool-Aid. She's part of uh, Trump town at this point, and like so many others. You know, and it's so sad
0: because, I, I mean, you, you saw the statement released today, Rogers uh, Foundation, where they were talking about the attacks in Pittsburgh. Uh, uh, An attack that Sarah Huckabee Sanders said, Washington Post coverage of it? Well, that was just a political slam against the president. And, you know, I'm just going to throw this out here. Did you notice the fact that when she was attacking people for not knowing the full story of Pittsburgh, she didn't write the full name of Pittsburgh? She forgot the H? (sighs) I know
1: that's like trying. That's like taking roast beef, Swiss cheese and a hot dog bun and passing it off as a Philly cheesesteak. Yeah,
0: no. But this is the thing. When Donald Trump goes in front of people and he says stuff like, well, these guys, they're pretty bad. Well, what do you think we should do to them? There's somebody out there that's like, oh, I have an answer for you, Mr. President, isn't there? I mean, what is wrong with this man? I mean, you don't ask the public what we should. Oh, my. Be be diplomatic for five seconds. okay. we got to talk about that diplomacy, though, because, of course, Trump says, well, when it comes to diplomacy, I am a real big fan of these people getting act, including. I'm going to go a little bit into detail about the Pittsburgh story now, because this this kind of begs several questions. Okay, look, Ron. Donald Trump, when the Pittsburgh synagogue was attacked, basically says, hey, y'all know me. I'm the guy with the Jewish son-in-law. I love the Jews. But when it comes to his rhetoric, it does seem that there's a pattern of him empowering people that could, in fact, be anti-Jew, huh? Yeah, and I've seen the articles now, and that's
1: another thing is you can't trust anything unless you know exactly where it's coming from. But you see the articles now about how uh, Trump is saying that the the, the Jews are doing anti-Semitic things, anti-Semitic things to themselves, just to blame him, or that this is how Trump is getting rid of the Jews. And how? Why would he be getting rid of the Jews? Wasn't he the one who said Jerusalem was the capital of Israel?
0: Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, he's the one that's getting us into hot water with the whole Palestinian negotiation thing because of his stance of pro-Israel. But. The thing is, is in the aftermath of Charlottesville, and you brought this up so many times, he basically said, well, there was good people on both sides of that debate. And when when he said that, he was, in fact, identifying white supremacists that have a very anti-Jewish kind of mindset, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, this man, whether he, I don't know, see, I don't know if he's just, if he's that stupid Or if he is like this Dr. Doom level genius, you know, because he says these things and and plays it off like, you know, like when he mentions nationalism, you know, and he just plays it off like it's nothing like, oh, no one's going to notice or they, uh, you know, if I just say it, it'll just kind of float off and nothing will happen.
0: But the problem is, is that he said the word nationalist in two days, two days. It's all it took. All these bombs started showing up at his political rivals' houses and, of course, other addresses like De Niro's New York office. It seems almost as when the president goes in front of a crowd and says, hey, what should we do? They're starting to say, we will show you.
1: Yeah, they're doing the dirty work for him, and he can just stand back and say, I didn't have anything to do with it. But deep down, it's almost like he's speaking
0: in code. It does. Well, here's the thing about that code. The people that are picking up the code, people like Cesar Sayek, who sent out all the bombs to the um, political rivals, that one's kind of a linear explanation to understand. However, let's talk about the Pittsburgh one as a not linear situation. Did you hear about the social media site Gab? Vaguely. Yeah, well, there's a reason why. Gab is one of those upstart social media networks right now that is out there on the fringes and known for its looser kinds of terms of service. In other words, they tolerate and don't even mind a little bit of hate speech. Well, right before the attack at the synagogue in Pittsburgh, our shooter, uh, Robert Boward, basically went on there and said, I'm not waiting for anybody else to tell me what's going on. I'm going in, you know, pfft wish me luck, let the killing begin. The thing is, is that when he was on that site, Gab, he was actually picking up a huge, huge new conspiracy theory about how, believe it or not, the Jews are behind the migrant caravan bringing terrorists to the southern border of the United States. Ron, how much do you know about Uh, that conspiracy theory?
1: I don't know much about it, but I do know um, that... uh Trump is full of loves to make up stories about that caravan and how there is uh, Muslims that we don't know and there are terrorists in that uh, in that caravan and it's just I I just
0: I don't mm. my head thing that when it comes to the, uh, the assault on the Pittsburgh synagogue, the whole motivation behind that was this right-wing conspiracy theory that basically said, and I am not making this up, Jews are paying South Americans to migrate closer to the United States and possibly take into the United States, you know, their whole migrant caravan, To vote Democratic and to upset the GOP power base. That is the conspiracy. The Jews are paying everybody that's coming up from the southern borders now in the big migrant caravan, which we got to stop calling that. It's an actual refugee parade of a conflict that the United States started. But moving on. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, as long as we're calling things what they are, domestic terrorist Robert Boward said, hey, you know what? This conspiracy theory of Jews paying South Americans to come up here and and to basically piss off the Republicans. That sounds very plausible. So all Jews must die. That's something that he said as he was uh, being arrested uh, (sighs) uh, during the course of the attack as well. Ron... These conspiracy theories that he's talking about have kind of been hinted in tweets from Donald Trump Jr. And oh, let's not forget, even though this one wasn't that clear, this one wasn't in the past. Donald Trump Sr. has showed uh, has had a certain let's call it penchant for sharing conspiracy theories. Look, at the end of the oh, day, yeah. don't these people act on the stuff that they, you know, pull out of their ass?
1: That, that's the thing is I think uh, they know that they can rile up a base um, by, by spreading things that they find on Infowars or Breitbart or, or places like that. And it just gets them more power because these people are going out there and they're shooting up synagogues and they're sending bombs to, to political rivals and they're acting like a little militia almost – um or like a secret
0: army, the thing is, uh, if is look, you will. Hitler's rise to power came on the backs of his own secret army the s a and when it comes to white supremacy groups in the United States, they're starting to kind of indirectly take marching orders from the president and act like a militant wing to his agenda, aren't they? Oh, oh
1: one hundred percent they uh yeah i mean when when that many bombs get sent out. You know, uh, and, and, and then uh, I mean, let's, let's look at it like this. There was someone in that synagogue who survived the Holocaust only to get shot in America. Yeah. I mean, let that sink in for a second. This is what's wrong with the country
0: hate to say that you're right, but yeah, you might be right. The problem is, is that not a lot of people want to and I brought this up in yesterday's show call it by name. Nobody wants to call people like Cesar Sayek and Robert Boward, uh domestic terrorists. They want to say they're radical right wing kooks, which takes away from the fact that this is an organized movement. Loosely organized but organized nonetheless. Uh, yeah, I mean, the but... That's the
1: thing, is because you've got you've got uh, if you're if you're uh, if you're white, you're not a domestic terrorist. You have a mental health problem, but if you're uh, if you have brown skin, then you're a terrorist.
0: Yeah, and that is always the kind of rhetoric that Trump puts out there. And now more and more people are starting to act on those words. Now this is the thing when you go to any sort of like fringe site, you'll notice time and time again, they're saying these are the stories that nobody is talking about. But it seems that, and I'm going to ask this one to you, Ron, the biggest story we're not talking about is exactly how many people on the opposite side of this Donald Trump rhetoric thing, how many people are actually sitting back and going, yeah, I believe the president when he says blank. Uh, how many people are doing this? Uh, yeah. The,
1: the, uh, I mean, the number is becoming staggering. I, I'm, get, I'm, I'm losing my mind at the amount and the volume of people who have just lost the will to think for themselves. Um, I, I mentioned Jonestown before. That's exactly what's going on now. Pretty soon Trump's going to put on some sunglasses. Yep. He's going to take a lot of meth. And we're going to you know, there's going to be hundreds of dead people in a field in South America.
0: You know, and the bad thing is, is that before we get to that level, we're going to see a lot more escalation. Um, Ron, here's the thing. When it comes to Trump's base, even after. The true story of this, this bomber, Cesar Saic, and the true motivations of somebody like Robert Boward came out, they're still saying that this is a George Soros, <clears throat> Jewish-led, anti-Trump campaign. What will it take for reality to reach those?
1: Something bad to happen to a, a member of the GOP. But even then, they're gonna say. But even then, they're gonna say, "Oh, well, this is something that the uh, the Democrats did."
0: Oh, okay. So basically, we're gonna have to go through a, a, a period of such political turmoil that somebody is gonna get attacked on the side of the GOP, and then, despite everything that we know that will lead up to that event, we're gonna go ahead and say, "Well, no, it was the Democrats. It was a conspiracy." Yeah,
1: basically. That's exactly what's... I mean, things are only going to get worse before they get better, and I hate to have to say
0: that. Well, this is the thing, too. Uh, Gab is kind of on the ropes right now, that social media site I mentioned, because of their role in spreading this kind of hatred. And, of course, other social media sites have stamped down on activity that that they recognize as racist in line. Ron, um, when it comes to the Internet, though... What will it take for especially social media sites to finally say, look, here is a doctrine of things that constitutes bad speech and suspicious behavior. If you do those things, we flag you and report you to authorities. What will it take for us to get to that point?
1: Um, you know, this is going to sound weird and maybe a little bad, but something bad's going to have to happen to social media and then social media – is going to have, and then they'll step up and they'll say, oh, wait, you know, maybe we need to, you know, here's the problem. We have this technology at our fingertips. We can have, we can access to all sorts of information, access to every, anybody we want to talk to all around the world. And we waste it. You know, back in the 1800s, they had to wait, you know, weeks, maybe months for a book to enjoy that book, to savor that book, and what do we use our information for? We use it to troll people, and we use it to to, to just be uh, flippant about the things that are happening in society. We use it to save uh, the princess from Koopa.
0: But little shame else. on us. Yeah, shame on us. Yeah. Okay, I know, but when it comes to responsibility, though, the thing is, is that. <clears throat> The responsibility of the migrant caravans is actually Donald Trump a couple of his South American policies. It's not a Jewish conspiracy. When it comes to the responsibility of keeping the nation safe, I'm just going to ask this very blatantly. Ron, is it the president's responsibility to control the culture of the United States, or at least to kind of manage it in a way that makes it safer for citizens? Well, that's the thing is
1: he's the president and people look up to him, God forbid, you know, that, and, and, and they look to him because he's got, he's the highest elected official in the land Mm -hmm. and they look to him for guidance. They look for him to be a, they look to him to be a leader and he shows nothing in the way of leadership qualities. You know, it's gotten to a point now when you look, when you go on a dating profile, they say, If you're a Trump supporter,
0: just keep swiping. Yeah, and that's just it. We've got to a country where even our libido is now political. And I I don't know how to say this, but Ron, I don't want to live in a country where I have to know what your genitals are voting for. It's gotten bad where it's like, you
1: know, even if it's just a hookup, if you find out that the person you're hooking up with is a trump supporter it's like oh yeah you know i think i think i'll just i think, I no. think i'll think i just go home yeah i think i'll just go home and I'll, I'll i'll get i'll get the extra large bottle of lotion
0: yep coming up we'll talk about how trump and his uh well party is looking for those very same women in all the wrong places it's the shaggy jenkins show
2: Welcome to 60-Second Civics, the daily podcast of the Center for Civic Education. I'm Mark Gage. When the Mayflower sought refuge in what is now known as Provincetown Harbor in the fall of 1620, there was disagreement between the Pilgrims and those the Pilgrims called the Strangers, who were laborers, craftsmen, and others brought aboard to help with the practical work of running a colony. The Virginia Company had granted the Pilgrims the right to settle land near the Hudson River, not in Massachusetts. Now that they had anchored outside of the territory controlled by the Virginia Company, some of the strangers argued that they were no longer bound by the contract. With discord growing, the pilgrims and strangers negotiated an agreement now called the Mayflower Compact, which was signed by 41 male passengers. The Mayflower Compact is today seen as an example of the social contract theory, which meant that the colonists consented to be governed under mutually agreed-upon laws for the general good of the colony. Social contract theory stands in opposition to the divine right theory, which holds that God ordained a monarch to rule, and thus the will of monarchs must always be obeyed, despite any opposition from the people. The pilgrims took pains, however, to describe themselves in the compact as loyal subjects of our dread sovereign lord, King James. The Mayflower Compact remains as an important early example of self-government in the colonies, and social contract theory is essential to the American conception of popular sovereignty or rule by the people. That's all for today's podcast, 60-Second Civics, where civic education only takes a minute.
1: There's a lot at stake this November.
2: 36 governorships.
1: 35 senate seats. And all 435 House seats are up for election.
0: If only 50% of voters show up, it would be the highest midterm turnout in a century.
2: Learn more and get involved at Iamavoter.com. And don't forget to vote Tuesday, November 6th.
0: Brought to you by I Am A Voter and the Ad Council.
2: The show that
0: doesn't grab them by the but does occasionally kick them in the ball. It's the Shaggy Jenkins Show on the Pacifica Radio Network. It's the Shaggy Jenkins Show live from the little shack out back in the city of Bukalani on the beautiful Isle of Maui. Aloha and welcome back. Hey, if you missed any part of the show, don't forget, you can subscribe to us on Spotify and Stitcher. Just look for The Shaggy Jenkins Show. Or, why not, throw us a little bit of pittance for our research and development on our show. Just go to Patreon and look for The Shaggy Jenkins Show there. Joining me is a guy that is also a fellow podcaster. He's also a writer. And, God, thoughtful commentary. Please welcome, it's Ron Perti. I did feel kind of bad after that last one. You know how you, you know how you can tell when you're like you, you that feeling you get when you know you're stretching the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the feeling that I had, which is kind of ironic that I bring up that feeling because that's exactly the kind of feeling that the GOP should be having in their latest new campaign videos targeting run. Can you believe the GOP sends one out just for the ladies this time? Uh, No, but it is definitely a bumpy video to watch. Okay, look, in this new campaign kind of overview, we'll mention Trump without mentioning Trump ad, targeting Republicans, or at least in this case, independent women, because Donald Trump and And the g o p right now, Ron, I don't know how to say this, but Republicans are worried about independent women.
1: Oh, you mean because the uh quote unquote minority is now the majority?
0: Yeah, you know, I thought it was kind of funny that the headline read, "Republicans worried over independent women, and it was like, yeah, no duh. But um, (laughs) when it comes to the actual independents that they're talking about, they're talking about women that are undeclared Democratic or Republican supporters. They are independent voters. Now, in this last uh, presidential race, can you believe that the white suburban independent woman was kind of the big gain for Donald Trump's candidacy? That's just so messed up. I don't get it. Don't either.
1: Especially especially after the... the, uh, um, Billy Bush interview?
0: Yeah, the Billy Bush... The the Axe was the Access Hollywood tape. Yep, the Access Hollywood tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, and a lot of people were like, well, this is the one that sunk Trunk, but mm, here we are, still afloat. And that's just it. It seems kind of weird that uh, a, a party, especially like the GOP, that has always kind of shunned women is now hoping and praying with their new ad that women will come back to embrace them. And have you have you seen the ad? I have not. This is the thing. In it... I'm not an independent woman. Uh, yeah, so it wasn't targeted towards your viewing. But this is no. the thing. In the ad, a woman is kind of... Uh, wondering, oh lord, I'm a woman, who should I vote for? In yet another stereotypical attack against the feminine intelligence, but I digress. Uh, Moving on, the ad shows this mother unsure of who is she supposed to vote for, and in the background on radios and televisions and in papers, there's all this kind of pro-jobs and pro-GOP propaganda happening. And As she's driving her daughter to school, she hears something about, you know, all these these jobs being created under the Trump and the GOP is great for your family and your children's future, and then she looks in the rearview mirror at her child. It seems like the Republicans have went from dog-whistling racist now to kind of dog-whistling women saying, hey, if you care about your kids, vote Republican. Is that a truthful argument, though? No, and you know what would have been a more, a way better ad. Speaking as somebody
1: who's made a few films, is if <laughs> she looks in the rearview mirror and her kid's not there, it's Donald Trump. <laughs> you gotta vote GOP. You gotta side with Donald. Oh God, I think it would. Be,
0: I'm your baby now. <laughs>
1: oh Jesus.
0: Ah, that would have been even scarier. Actually, Wah, I, change me. But the But okay, all kidding aside, the thing is, is this ad is very, very directed towards the independent white female voter, uh, abandoning all other of the multitude of women that Trump says that he's been <clears throat> behind. I'll let your own mind make the pun there, but this ad though is very misleading in the fact that Ron let's think here how many good and positive things has the GOP and Donald Trump actually done for women
1: uh it's gonna be a minute I, I don't I I can't I can't I can't think of anything that's just it when it oh comes- wait no I remember there is something oh. there is something they let a horrible, horrible, uh, beer-swilling, um, uh, uh, ra- uh, rapist,
0: uh, out of the Supreme Court. Yeah, well, they did that because they said that he would protect women's health by being anti-abortion. Oh, geez. Yeah, no, that's just it. They're going so hardcore for women. But in poll after poll, it seems that these white suburban independent women are actually leaving the GOP in droves. So I'm just going to surmise here, Ron. There's really no kind of way, at least in my opinion, that the GOP can get the independent woman vote back. What about you?
1: I, don't, I think that they're – when it comes to the, the, the independent woman vote, I think they're, they're kind of screwed this election. And I think that um, either – one of two things is going to happen. Either they're going to vote – they're going to lean blue or they're going to abstain altogether. And I really hope it – that they lean blue because that's the only way things are going to get changed around here.
0: Yeah, because let's go ahead and face facts. If every uh, independent woman out there was to abstain from voting, remember, it was low voter turnout that allowed this. And and this is an interesting headline. Ron, did you know that the far white supremacist wing the, of the GOP that we were talking about only ac- actually constitutes about 6% of the population of the country? Oh, go figure. 6%, yet they seem to be giving an inordinate amount of time in the spotlight.
1: But Yeah, I, it's, it's because of uh, who's in the White House.
0: Well, it kind of is the thing that's going to cost the GOP, at least I, I think. When it comes to these targeted ads towards women, I think that they're going to go, mm, no, we kind of done the math and already know what's happening here.
1: Yeah, they have the facts and they're voting yes. Okay, now... For for lack of a...
0: Yeah, when we're talking about this blue wave, though, Ron, uh, speculation goes on both sides that one certain group could sway the entire election, and that is the youth vote. But when it comes to young women, other stories out there, at least put forward by the GOP, said that young white women are overwhelmingly supporting donald trump i'm going to ask a very basic question and hope that me and you have an answer because neither one of us is qualified to answer this ron did the gop ever get the feminism notes or are they off of that reservation completely
1: oh i i don't think that uh i think um according to the the gop feminism is um uh being allowed to punch a woman in the face
0: Ouch. But you're kind of right. They see feminism as a if I want to attack a woman and punch her below the belt. Well, I, as a man, should have that right. But then, of course, yeah, when it comes to the opposite side of that and how, you know, men retaliate against things like, I don't know, allegations, assault much like Christine Blasey Ford brought up against Brett Kavanaugh, it's okay to bark and snarl and spit and foam at the mouth as long as people know you're the victim here, man. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, mm, it's bad. But for a party that is victimized white Caucasian men over and over and over and over again, Ron... Do they really have a chance of luring women back given their past patterns of behavior? I don't
1: think so. I think I think they lost them unless there's a huge uh, female upturn in re- regards to, like, um, uh, women who are actually candidates.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when it comes uh. to uh, women candidates, this election is seeing more female candidates than ever before and there's probably a very good reason why a lot of them are fed up of all of this rhetoric so when it comes to the gop and their courting of the female vote what in your mind don't just cop out and say a miracle but what in your mind would it take for the gop to win the independent women they've lost back Uh, i it's a miracle You know, I just said you can't use Miracle. (laughs) Well, that's all there is. That's all there is. I can't think of anything. You know, and and I'm going to sadly basically agree with you here. When it comes to a a woman under the GOP, they've had their pre-existing conditions kind of on the attack from members of House and Senate under the big ACA reform thing that they're going through they've seen time and time and time again women that have tried to come forward after being victimized by men, attacked by powerful men, denounced, denied and basically drugged through the dirt. So, if you're an independent woman right now and you're like, you know what, I just can't, just can't go full Democrat, what do you say to that woman still on the fence?
1: Oof. Is that it, that it's going to be more of the same if you don't side with us, and and you but you got to make sure it doesn't come off as a threat because if it comes off as a threat you're just going to push them away. You have to welcome them in. You have to say, look, it's a safe space here.
0: Oh yeah, you and know. This is the thing about safe spaces because I want to kind of go into this weird story real quick because look. Women aren't going to have a safe place under the GOP. They know that. They're starting to get the picture of it. Even those that are deeply entrenched are starting to be like, I wish I had options. But when it comes to options, can we agree that there is an option as President of the United States? The way you behave in the aftermath of a tragic event matters.
1: Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. The way that you act as a diplomat, as a, as a, as an elected official, speaks volumes. Well, and uh, according to Trump, it's he's he's
0: he's mumbling. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's the thing about that. Now, Donald Trump has basically. <clears throat> been continuing his rallies even in the aftermath of these shootings you know those rallies where he basically encourages violent acts against his political enemies and then in the newspapers he says i never said to do those things they're just rallies and everybody talks big political language it's freedom of speech
1: however why are we making why are we making politics why there
0: should be no violence in politics well, then shut your mouth. Okay, but there is about to be violence because, believe it or not, with all of the beef that Donald Trump has started lately, okay, he started beef with China, he started beef with the Palestinians, he started beef with the EU, Angela Merkel, you name it, he started a lot of beef. Would you believe that Donald Trump is now finally started his first hip-hop beat over this this whole thing? Oh
1: my God, I can't believe we're equating him with Kanye versus Taylor
0: Swift. No, this one's actually a little bit weirder, and I'm going to actually throw out here, I kind of support the artist in this argument. Okay, Donald Trump said, quite dishonestly, that Saturday in Indiana, when he was going to have his rally, that, you know... The, the, the markets opened up right after, the day after 9-11. So who was he, as President of the United States, not to hold a political rally a day after a very serious and deadly attack? That was the first thing, Ron. Okay, what do, what do you want to say? Well, I don't understand why
1: he needs to be holding rallies in the first place. He already won. He got what he
0: wanted. I know, but he's remember, getting, he's uh, remember, three months— Three months after his election and his inauguration in uh, March of 2017, Donald Trump held his first Donald Trump 2020 re-election rally. Three months after taking the office for his first term, Donald Trump was already in full campaign mode for 2020. So this should hardly be a surprise that the man considers himself rally-esque, uh, a big rally fan. But uh. the thing about that rally in Indiana, not only was it, it perpetrated under a lie—the whole lie of well, Wall Street opened up the day after 9/11—I have to go forward forth with this rally. That lie was then compounded by Donald Trump stealing an artist's song to play at that rally. Would you believe that now, Ron, Donald Trump is in trouble and could be facing legal action from Pharrell Williams? Oh, Pharrell don't like him to begin with. I know, but he really doesn't like him after Saturday in Indiana. Why? Because Donald Trump, at the start of his rally, mere... I mean, it wasn't even a full day after these tragic events and these tragic killings. Donald Trump started his Indiana rally with Pharrell Williams' song, Happy. And... Williams basically sent an illegal threat saying there's nothing happy about the tragedy that has been inflicted on this country. Cease and desist, my song. Uh, what is wrong with this? Is he, is he a human? Have they checked that? Yeah, well, look, according to a statement from uh, Howard King, who is Pharrell Williams' attorney, quote, On the day of the mass murder of 11 human beings at the hands of a deranged quote-unquote nationalist, you played his song Happy to a crowd at a political event in Indiana. There was nothing happy about this tragedy afflicted upon our country on Saturday, and no permission was granted for your use of this song for this purpose. A man has to be stopped. Well, we're just a little under a week away from those elections that people keep talking about, and this is the thing... Now that Pharrell Williams has come out, this could actually incite a political... Okay, I'm not going to even bring this... I, I, I don't know how to say it. This. Say... this could actually start a big hip-hop beef between people that have had beef in the past, Pharrell Williams and Donald Trump fan club leader extraordinaire Kanye West. I'm going... I'm team Pharrell. Yeah, me too. But I got to ask you, look, if Donald Trump is such good friends with Kanye, why isn't he using his songs at his rallies? Because a good majority of Kanye's songs
1: are anti-GOP. It's only recently that Kanye has stopped taking his medicine.
0: Now, keep in mind that this is a long list of people here now. We have Pharrell Williams added to the list of Steven Tyler and the band Aerosmith as a unit. There's Neil Young, R.E.M., and even the Rolling Stones have had to tell the president, cease and desist using our music. So, look, I know that you're not a radio DJ like I was in the past, but if you had to pick the soundtrack that would be safe for Donald Trump to play at these rallies, what kind of artists would we see there? Silence. Wow. And you're not talking like, you know, Simon and Garfunkel, the sound of silence. You just mean nobody would go. No, I I don't want to hear him talk. Yeah, I know, I know, Ron, but you've still got a little bit of time until, well, whatever happens next week in the election, or, oh, God forbid, some other action that prevents us from making it all the way through a single term of Donald Trump. Now, Donald Trump, though, as far as how he is running on these midterms. And this is going to be our final story of the day. Ron, at this rally where, one, he told a big lie about 9-11. Somebody should have had Rudy on speed dial there. Uh, two, he also said, after that big lie about 9-11, uh, another big lie, which is basically like, hey, this caravan thing is all being brought up by the Dems. And lie after lie after lie that he brought up. Donald Trump went on the attack against reality at this rally. But when it comes to what he's trying to do, Ron, he told the crowd there that when they go to vote next week, think of him as being on the ballot. So our last story of the day is, Ron, even though Donald Trump isn't physically on this ballot, the midterm elections really... Is about nothing but Donald Trump, isn't it? Well,
1: yeah, we're trying to get the, uh, the the House and the Senate to turn blue to stop Trump and all of the things that he do. Hey, I'm a I'm a rapper guy. I mean, maybe he'll use my song at his next rally, and I can send him a cease and desist letter. Um, no, but the, the thing is, is that he he thinks he is the GOP at this point.
0: Mm hmm. And the bad thing is, is the GOP is behaving like they think that they are Donald Trump's at this point.
1: Well, yeah, they're just letting it go and they're not. But that's the thing is, as much as I want a blue wave and as much as I think we're going to get a blue wave and people will cheer and they will. Uh, and there was much rejoicing. Mm-hmm. Even if he wants something done bad enough, he's just going to sign an executive order anyway.
0: True. And the thing is, is about those executive orders. He loves to hold rallies after them and brag about them, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, he's uh, he's uh, he's like a little kid who got this amazing present present for his birthday, and he's got to show all his friends. Um, it's like uh, the 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 iPad episode of South Park.
0: Yeah, the sent iPad.
1: No, the one where uh, Cartman was like, uh, uh, "Oh, hey, look." I got an iPad, you know, trying to shove it in front of everybody's face that he has the iPad with the 64 gigs and the, uh, this, that, and the other thing. And, and when it was just really a, a case and a piece of glass, cause his mom didn't buy him one. But, um, yeah, so that's, he's basically Cartman, <laughs> but that's kind of an insult to, he, that's an insult to Cartman because Cartman, if, if you know anything about television, uh, Cartman is, is based off of a uh, lovable curmudgeon. And probable Trump supporter, uh, Archie Bunker.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. But look, Donald Trump saying that he is on the ballot, it's going to galvanize the the, the Republican base. And and this is a theory I'm going to throw out there, okay? Even guys as hardcore into that agenda as, say, a facetiously still-alive Archie Bunker, even people like that, of going to be strained when it comes to thinking about, am I voting for the office and the candidate that I'm actually voting for, or are every single one of my votes a vote for or against Donald Trump?
1: Well, at this point, that's the way it is, is if you vote against the Republican Party this this November, you're voting against Donald, and he's taking it as a, as a personal affront and uh, he's going to never let you if – the, if the Democrats win the House, e- even just the House, mm-hmm. he is not going to – Or he's going to start tweeting about illegal voting and uh, this, that, and the other thing because this is personal attack on him, which I mean for all intents and purposes, if you're going to put yourself out there like pretend I'm on the ballot, then yeah, this is a total attack on you. It's a smack in the face. Something that your mother and father never gave you, and you needed.
0: Yeah, love, attention, or punishment.
1: All of the above.
0: Yeah, I mean, come on, could you imagine the uh, Christmases around that household? You've seen pictures of Trump's parents, haven't you? Oh God. Yeah, you know the dad that in 1924 was at a KKK rally, and the the mother who looks just lovable, just lovable.
1: Yeah, I, uh, if you ever need birth control, folks, just look at a, a picture of Donald Trump's parents.
0: Yeah, and then you might need to call your doctor for some help with your ED. Um, this is the thing, though. Donald Trump is trying to make everything about this midterm election uh, about him. And in the past, there's kind of evidence to support that being true. I mean, would you say that The midterm election during the president's first term is mostly a referendum on whether or not that president's doing a good job versus about those actual candidates in that cycle.
1: Oh, 100 percent. But I also think at this point, this midterm election is a, a referendum on on the candidates themselves because they aren't doing anything to stop him when he's doing something ridiculous.
0: No, instead, they're basically going through and saying, yes, sir, Mr. President, more power, you can have it. Yeah, exactly, and this is turning into some Palpatine
1: stuff, but I don't want to bring up Palpy because that's an insult to uh, an iconic character who I actually care about what happens to.
0: Yeah, I read this story over the weekend that it says, stop calling Trump Hitler because it belittles Hitler. And, oh,
1: no, it's stop calling him pa- the emperor because it belittles the emperor.
0: You no. Know, That's just it, though. As as much name-calling is out there in this midterm election right now, most of it, if not, I'd say all of it, seems to be coming from Republicans saying, oh, we're so attacked by the left, we're so attacked by the left, and the left, meanwhile, is throwing their hands up going, nobody's talking to you, we're talking about health care in this cycle. Are they going to be able to convince their voters, the GOP, that is, are they going to be able to convince them, specifically Donald Trump, that, they're all under attack, so they really need to rally under their president. That's exactly what
1: this is. It's, it's, you know, support the president because he supports us. Mm-hmm. You know, that's and, – and, but he doesn't. He's there. He's looking out for himself. You know, Lion Ted's become beautiful Ted all of a sudden. Um, you know, uh, maybe uh, Ted Cruz's dad didn't uh, kill Kennedy. And maybe Ted's not the Zodiac killer now. I don't know anymore.
0: Well, he did walk back even his comments at the uh, rally on Saturday, much to the chagrin of supporters, saying, you want me to tone it down? Yeah, I think I'm going to tone it down. And then proceeded, not really, to to tone it down. Um, Look, Ron, final thoughts here. Blue wave, one week away. Is it actually coming? Or is the jury really still out like the GOP claims?
1: I, I think people have made up their mind, and uh, they have thrown out their red crayons, and they're keeping
0: the blue ones. Oh, well. Ron, where can people find you online?
1: All roads point to ron.world. That's where you can find everything.
0: ron.world. And until next time, everybody, you can check my site out at shaggyjenkins.com or at Shaggy Live. Until then, love you, mean it. Gate and bye. We're out.